What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. Please, Lord, give me a sign. Huh? It's just... It's, I... No U-turn? <laughs> oh, come on! In the world, of Alex Rogers. Episode 17. Now all we have to do is rebuild the city. Halt! Who goes there? Long live the king. All right, well then that's all right. Then come on. Is that all it takes? Just yell out, long live the king, and then we let you in? What shoddy security up in this castle? Well, salutations, my wanderlust friends. This is Alex Rogers, recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the now. Right here, baby. Right now, this moment, whether we know it or not, like it or not, are it or not, it is what it is. Welcome back to the new episode. Here we are, getting through the times. We sometimes are up, we're sometimes down, sometimes we're the hero, sometimes we're the clown. Heroes and fools are the same thing, said a heroic fool one day. And we find ourselves in that grand spectrum of the roles we take. 
Whoa, getting real wordy at the top of the show, but hey, that's why it's called In the Words of Alex Rogers. It war, baby. The greatest war we can fight. Well, let's check in, see how we're feeling. I'll be honest with you guys, I'm in a bit of pain, and it's a strange kind of pain. I've dealt with eczema my whole life. Um, That's a uh, really, really bad skin condition for anyone who doesn't know. Some people call it eczema, and that really bothers me because I, I even am not a fan of eggs. So I bad skin, and then you have to throw eggs on top of it. I'm like, can you just not? Can we just stick to eczema? As in, like, I used to have good skin, now it's eczema. Um, yeah, this is just, it's a bitch. I've had this my whole life. Eczema shows up as, like, itchy patches of skin that will because you scratch it and because of its sort of raw nature, it's just going to become a sore. Uh, And then it gets really, really dry, and it almost feels like you have a reptilian carapace around your... Is that what I mean? A carapace? Or like a a rind? Um, I don't know. All of these words are completely unappetizing. I apologize. And not just the words, probably the images that come with them. But here at It War... On the Wild 7 Podcast Network, we keep things real, and we talk about what is. Some of y'all may even have some eczema, although it is very funny when some people go, Ah, I know, I have eczema too. I'm like, really? Look at my hands. And, you know, actually, I don't really say it like that all aggressively. Like, look at my hands. Look what they've done to his body! Brazil quote. Um... But I have been really having it bad through this whole COVID experience because, as we know, during this whole time, we've been advised by everybody, from the most professional to the most wannabe professional, that basically, you got to keep them hands washed. And if you work at a grocery store, like I do, you kind of feel like you owe it to the working public and the shopping public Uh, to keep your hands clean. Um, And I just sort of developed this... uh, Well, I already... I've kind of self-diagnosed that I have a bit of OCD. And not in these stock images that we think of, like (laughs) washing your hands. But that's actually exactly what I uh, started to do during this time, was just to overwash my hands, because I I just developed a phobia, especially at the workplace, and yes, even though I was wearing gloves, you know, you do so much work, you then get a tear in the lining of the glove, and then you think about, uh uh-oh, that bit of skin that's exposed, and did I brush into anything? I better wash my hands one more time. In fact, another time. In fact, better do it three more times. And as I'm drying my hands, I, oh no, I just wiped my pinky against the uh, towel dispenser here. And Lord knows how many people are using the towel dispenser today, so I better wash my hands a fourth time. Yep, there we go. Meanwhile, I'm holding up my coworkers. People who want to use the bathroom are waiting, and I'm feeling the pressure, and, uh, you know what? I better wash my hands a fifth time. A fifth time would be very good. Oy, oy, oy. And you know, before this, I already, I, I have a, I have a really bad sort of like, um, I've talked about it a few times before, but like an, a responsibility OCD feeling. Before I leave the house and before I go to bed, I overcheck the stove. 
I don't know what it is. I've, I've never left the stove on. There's never been like a gas leak issue. There's no, you know, but I, I think I saw too many nineties movies with explosions. Um, I mean, obviously explosions still happen, but they were really happening in the nineties. You didn't have a nineties movie without, all right, let me turn this knob and so, you know, um, I, uh, I felt uh, this, not felt, I feel, unfortunately, to this day, although I'm trying to cut down on it, where I'll just stare at the stove and be like, okay, off, 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 off. There we go. One more time. Off, 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 off. I see it. I see it. We're good. Off, 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 off. Okay, you're good, Alex. Now we got to go to bed. Off, 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 off. Okay, one more time. Off, 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 off. I know. It's maddening. It's loony. And um, at least I'm aware of it. At least I can sit here around the campfire with all of you and I can squeeze you all close and say we're going to get through this together. I can at least share this uncomfortable part of myself. And this has gone part and parcel, hand in hand, with um, an increase in feeling like my hands aren't clean and that I, due to some slipping micro-moment of negligence will therefore give COVID and demons to other people. And so I have been overwashing my hands, which has been over-drying my skin, which has been overproducing the symptoms of eczema. And, oh, my hands hurt. And yes, before all of you go, well, go see a dermatologist. Um, I have. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm using these various lotions. They do work. But then you have to go back to the workplace. I'm t- I'm, now that I'm double vaxxed, and by the way, I know I haven't been talking about my vaccine. I've been talking about my journey through vaccination. Yeah, boy, you know that someone has some little video out now. My journey getting vaccinated. They never even caught the disease. They weren't even close to catching COVID. But they're like... For six hours, I felt woozy after my shot. You see that tear? We'll do a pixelated close-up. Yeah. Well, I I guess I didn't talk about uh, vaccination because I believe in it, of course. But for a minute there, gosh, just even the notion of vaccination, it's such a hot topic. You You have people who don't believe in it. You got the, ooh, you're going to put that Bill Gates juice in you. Bill Gates juice. Now that actually kind of sounds funny. I can picture that in the aisles. This guy with his golf shirt tucked into his pants. Do I mean golf? What do I mean by golf shirt? I don't know why. I'm just, I'm picturing one of those like little, or do I mean polo? Are you getting your sports mixed up? I'm the most sports illiterate person I know. Point is, uh, I'm picturing, you know, just, just, Bill Gates on the side of a juice label. And he's and he's kind of just giving you that look of like, yeah, I know. I revolutionized the world. Whether you were ready for it or not. <laughs> Bill Gates juice. I, I, I got nothing actively against him or the juice that is now flowing in my body. Um, 
And I love this argument that people have where they're saying, then they're going to have nanotechnology to track everything you're doing. Right, because your cell phone isn't already doing that. Guys, pay attention to what your phone is paying attention to you on. Have you noticed that you'll be talking to some friends out loud about... um, how you really want to get back into yoga now that COVID is starting to dwindle and things are starting to reopen. And yoga would be a great idea. And yoga this and yoga that. And then you get onto your phone and you do a little Google search and, or maybe you get onto your social media apps. Anything that, I guess, sort of has that sense of happening. And then suddenly you notice that there's a bunch of ads for yoga mats and yoga gear and yoga studios. But wait a minute, I never even typed in a search. (laughs) What's happening? Because they're already listening to you. In fact, right now the NSA is listening to me record this as they listen to you listening to me having recorded something that they listened to. Now hopefully I threw the NSA off with that little tangent, but I might have thrown you off as well but better safe than sorry. So yes, I and you know, then for a while I wasn't saying anything about my vaccinations because I was in a position of privilege where I was able to get my stuff, my stuff, my Jesus Christ, come on. What do you mean by stuff? My body, my biosphere, my living organism. Good job, Timmy. Go to the next section. Congratulations, you've passed. The rest of you children, if you don't pass our standardized test, we're not going to pass you up to the next level. We don't care about your individual input. We don't care what God gave you as a talent. You just have to pass these tests because the schools have failed us and they failed you, and we no longer care about your individual education. We just need you to fill a quota because the machine must keep running. The audience of one has given me the Oscar. Now, before I went into my probably very personal diatribe on what I believe education to be, which is probably going to need to be for another episode, because let's face it, we're already not having a focus for this one. I didn't want to say a bunch of shit because I'm just aware of the fact that I got bumped to the front of the line because I work at a grocery store. And while I did feel like it was my right and my prerogative and my God-given duty to go up, and nothing's God-given on that, it was luck. I happened to be employed during a crazy-ass time in what is considered a, a, you know, an essential field. So, you know, I got that little little, uh, quick bump to the club line right there. And I didn't want to say anything until more of y'all were getting vaccinated. And I think we all should, and I'm not in the mood to get into some fucking debate about this, that, and the other thing. I am here to say, as someone who has had it, and someone who also then got the shots, go through the discomfort, folks, of what will maybe be a half day's worth of feeling woozy and out of it and fluey and strange. I promise you, as a... COVID veteran myself, and I promise that's the first and last time I'll use that silly phrase because I will never use the COVID experience that I had as some leverage on the social order so I can get attention on how I'm a hero. 
Um, the, uh, the experience of COVID was far worse than anything I have felt uh, with the after effects of these vaccines. So take it from me, but don't take my word for it. But um, bum actually do take my word for it. Um, the vaccines, way cooler experience than COVID. Way cooler. It's like the difference between watching an action movie and then having to be in an action movie where it taxes your strength to be fighting them baddies. And even still, now that I'm double vaxxed and had the disease, I should be one of the safest, most immune people you could meet. And I still carry myself like I could be a potential disaster to anyone. I still wear my mask as I walk out. I still glove up, cover up. I'm still covering my hands up with gloves throughout the work day, suffocating my already suffocated skin, overwashing my hands. And yes, a lot of that is my own prerogative at this point. But you know, I was thinking about this because it's very funny. We get very uppity, we get very righteous, and we think that we are the biggest hero in the room while everyone else is being silly. It's one of the easiest things to do. Me versus the world, and I do it a lot. In fact, a lot of the time I do it here in front of y'all. And some of you consider it entertainment, and some of you go, oh, just call your therapist, please. Part of my little psychosis with a lowercase p.s. is just like a, a, an over-vigilance of feeling responsible for everyone else's health, that maybe I could be diseasing the public. And I get mad when I see other people just mouth-breathing away and acting like they own this fucking planet and trudging around with clumsy, oafish footsteps with your fucking sandals, and bro, we don't want to see your fucking hobbit feet. We don't want to see you trudge around. No one asked to see your hairy toes because it's more comfortable, bro. And no one wants to see you mouth-breathing all over everyone. And you're just acting like you fucking rule everything. And that gets me goddamn mad because you basically seem to say, I'm good. It's up to you guys to take care of yourselves. I'm living my life, bro. Yes, and I realize that picking on the guy's sandals has nothing to do with a COVID scare, but I, I'm, I'm petty and I get into shit that doesn't matter. That's my lot in life. You guys, being the saints you are, do so much better, so stay that way. Uh, <laughs> however, um, yes, then I have to look at my own self because I start to then think that I'm the saint in the room. Well, see, I'm over washing my hands and making my skin suffer just to make sure you all aren't gonna die because of me. But you see the very words that I use there? Am I really any better? It's still, I'm realizing, a selfish reason why I have been over vigilant and a little cray cray on my end of things. My fear that I'm going to disease the public is not actually a care for them. A care for the public is a simple act, and you just do what you got to do. But that over-vigilance, really? That, like, over-sense of responsibility, really? Is me feeling like I don't want to be responsible. Don't make me have to be 
responsible for you people. It, it, I don't know if I can find the words exactly at the moment, but you, you kind of see what I'm going for. Like, I'm not actually really doing anyone a favor. I'm just kind of freaking my own self out and then translating that rather poorly into the notion that I'm doing everyone a favor. The point is, it's my own channel of dissonance during a highly scrambled era of the COVID times. And we ain't out of it. A lot of us are vaccinated. Hell, we got rid of the line helmsing thing. I'm no longer a line helmsman for the county. <laughs> I was so good at the position too, folks. I was really good at that. Can I just toot my own horn? I, I just have to. Because no one told me that in my grocery store experiences I would ever be a social policeman who conducts people into the proper lines for the sake of social distance and public order and health. No one ever told me that would be part of the job detail. And I jumped into it, and I think I did a pretty damn good job. Well, that position is no more, because we're back to, you know, laissez-faire capitalism. But keep your mask on. So we're like halfway to normal now. So as we come halfway to normal, I'm noticing that there's going to be an illusion that we could and should keep our eyes open to notice the moments where the illusion is cresting and rising. Uh, no, cresting and troughing. Sorry, I was trying to think about what I was uh, getting at with my verbs and we got back on track. Yes, when you're looking at the illusions that are cresting and troughing and going through the wave motions, it's good to notice that there's going to be this idea that, well, we're back to normal, right? So, so let's just rush the whole emotional work that we'll need to do. Let's rush uh, the realization that some of us are now grossly out of shape or are under shape or uh, have, have lost too much weight and, and maybe have... Uh, new psychoses that we're battling. Perhaps we already had unchecked mental disorders that are now wackadoodle out over the rainbow up in the attic. Everything. But there's going to be this forced sense of normalcy, I fear. And I get it. We're all sick of it. We don't want to go through this anymore. But this has always been my issue, is that when I... I I might wallow a little too long in my emotions, and I'm ready to admit that. However, I often see others, here I am once again comparing, and let me be careful that I'm not trying to sound better than everyone here, but I see a common, rather popular narrative that when we go through something traumatic, we're supposed to just kind of quickly get up and brush the, you know, just brush off our shoulders unruffle those feathers and just find your footing and just, just move on, moving on, moving on. God, I hate that fucking phrase. Moving on. We're, just, we're moving on. The very word moving on, it just sounds like, like, shut the fuck up, don't think about it, just move forward. And I understand that sometimes you do just have to put the foot in front of the other without thinking about it too much, but... um. I'm not a fan of just not processing these times. We're not supposed to, to rush this, folks. 
just as we weren't supposed to be negligent about the care we were supposed to be taking of each other and ourselves during this highly health-compromised time. I must admit, I also had a little Schadenfreude. I think that's the, the word. I love that, by the way. It's a German word of Schadenfreude. And I hope I'm saying that correctly. And I hope I'm using it correctly. In that I believe it means taking a little bit of joy in others' misfortune. And not like super sadistic, but just in that like you're having a crummy day and then you see an idiot do something idiotic and then they get their head slapped by it metaphorically or realistically and you go, <laughs> that's schadenfreude. My little schadenfreude, my little kleine schadenfreude that I felt during this time was when I looked out and I noticed that all the people started to have a little bit of worry where I had seen them before, just going, oopsie poopsie, I don't think about anyone else. I'm running through the daisies, yeah? Well, you found for yourself that during this time that it is not all daisies, is it? And I'm going to transition back to my normal voice, which is to say that I noticed that some of y'all actually started to feel and display some behavioral traits that I've known my whole life, which is a feeling of, oh shit, am I safe? Oh God, wait, 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 before I move, let me think about my surroundings. Oh Jesus, how's this going to come off? Wait, am I going to be responsible for this? What's going to happen if I do that? That's anxiety, my friends. And I saw a lot of you get super anxious during this time. Now again, as I say all of this, I have to remind myself, it's not that all of y'all didn't feel anxious. And by the way, why do I say all of y'all instead of, say, other people? Because I like to believe that a group of you, many of you, are listening to me. And sometimes when I talk about those people, why make it quote-unquote those people when some of those people might be y'all? So I'm talking to you. And the you to whom I address, I just am saying... We all are anxious, but both before, during, and after this, there's kind of a populist notion to not show that and to almost kind of bully the rest of the world to not feel it either and not be honest about deep fear and, and, and feeling like your security really is compromised, whether that's rational or irrational, but that the fear is real. I'm not asking that we walk around acting like we are being dominated by our fears, but I do not like when we have this sort of braggadocious, brash, arrogant way of walking around and treating each other where there's just no time to feel. And who knows, maybe a lot of that is just my own judgments and notions of life. But I saw the general public get a little freaked out in a way that I've known my whole life. Just speaking for myself, there's a dread that I have felt that in a weird way, the COVID era normalized for me. I kind of saw what it was doing to a lot of people, people I know and people I don't know, whether it's faces we actually see or just statistics and numbers of humanity as a whole. I was seeing a bit of a shift in mentality that I know very well, that some of you know very well. In fact, 
Some of us really have been tired of having to kind of put on a normal face in very scary situations. And this was a very scary situation that I don't care who you are, you didn't get out of it alive. Be that, again, literally or metaphorically. We all got our number on this one. And it really brought fear to the forefront. And yes, it's not to dominate us, but it is to teach us. And I'm getting real tired of humanity as a whole going, yeah, 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 that fear thing, whatever, let's just do the next thing and not learn anything. That's what I'm getting at, my friends. And it's around this time of my rants that I start to feel like I need to get extra pontificate and almost uh, uh, say something that can come off preachy about what we, which will really sound like I'm saying you, need to do. So let me already backtrack before I even say that and make it about me because it is the safest place to start. And I will just say... I look at my hands right now, and they are cells in motion. They're not pretty to look at at the moment. They're beaten up. Some places, there's straight-up open sores. Other places, there's really, like, scars almost forming. These are the signs of my own little mini-struggle during a macro-struggle in which we all participate. And I must put a little faith that modern medicine and a bit of self-diligence and time will heal this skin. And if my skin at this moment can be likened to the whole condition that we're experiencing, we're all a little agitated. We're all dealing with our scars and our sores and our agitations. I think I already just said agitations and agitate, but you know what I'm saying. Come on, keep it going, keep it moving. I see that healing is coming, but it gets complicated because then my skin will itch and I have to scratch it and I set myself back. Fuck. I'll even wake up some mornings. I didn't mean to. Oh, fuck. I scratched this part of my hand and now it's bleeding. Ah, shit. You know, we, we reopen the wounds. We're almost there. We almost come out of this crazy blanket of craziness and then ah, we're back into it. So as we come out of this time, and I don't even know, I mean, is that, that might just be very assumptive coming out of this time. I don't know, my friends. We're doing the best we can. But you know, when you slay the dragon or certainly when you're putting in the death stabs, you can't be uh, pretending that it's already done. There, you know, there's a very funny quote that I'm going to leave you all with. It comes from Godzilla 1985. Now let me quickly explain here, folks, because I'm a kid who grew up with the real Toho productions of Godzilla. That means Japanese. That means source material that means 
No fucking Matthew Broderick, 1998, Roland Emmerich, New York City, bullshit, wannabe, giant gecko Godzilla. If that was your first experience, I'm not going to blame you. I'm just going to say, I'm sorry, you were lied to. Godzilla. There was a movie that they made in 1985. Called, indeed, Godzilla 1985. It was kind of uh, one of the many reincarnations of the big guy's mythology. And that movie goes back to the standard trope of Godzilla being the solo monster that is trampling the city, destroying everything. And it's now up to mankind to figure out how we quell and stop Godzilla. And they do as we always think we do. And as Godzilla's down for the count, this moron looks out across the expanse of mayhem, the whole evidence of the city just absolutely plundered and destroyed. Millions of lives probably killed or certainly overturned. Families rended apart. Industry crumbled because of this terrible, elemental, monstrous disaster. And his takeaway line, looking upon the disaster of what has ensued, is, now all we have to do is rebuild the city. And that, my friends, is the moronic, silly notion that I would advise everyone to keep an eye on as we come into what we really hope is the next phase of putting COVID behind us and getting into some sense of familiar and warm and normal. But be aware of the dummies who want to look at you as you're going through your process of your scorched earth, destroyed city of the heart of what you went through during this time. And don't let some dummy say to you, now all you have to do is rebuild your city. Because while, of course, that is part of it, it ain't all there is to do. And there is work to be done that is not so much work as it is allowing the grace to come on through. And what can I say, my friends? That's that for now and how. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, Simpin' After Dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil.